Welcome to Hop To It. Hey, Trey. Hi, Nay. Are you ready? Ready for what? To pack our house, take our dog, and hop in the car. We got a car. Don't worry about it. It's time to go. Let's go explore and find a new city to call home. Because we are Nay and Trey. The alchemist and the shaman. And it's time for us to hop hop to to it. it. Naomi and I are looking forward to spending some time on the range. I mean, ranch in Guffey, Colorado. Mountain May just keeps getting more mountainous, doesn't it? Sure does. And it gets more fiery, too. Fire, fire, fire. (laughs) Get it? Yeah. (laughs) In this episode, we talk about our unique stay that isn't an Airbnb in this isolated mountain town. We also take more time in the solitude of our unique state to reflect on what we've learned from our now six-month journey. Welcome to Guffey, Colorado. Population zero. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that before. It depends on the website I'm looking at, though, I'm realizing. (laughs) But... The 2016 census showed that Guffy had 100 people, and the 2020 census gives an estimate of 0 to 10. So, (laughs) not a lot of people here. No, that statistic is such a glaring reminder of why we took this trip. We're checking the source in person, you know, not trusting these different websites. (laughs) Never trust the Googles. Right, the Googles. (laughs) Guffy's not empty. And it's definitely not deserted. They have a stop sign. And I wonder who reported zero. I actually remember that most people in the mountains actually don't even want to be counted. You can't see me. I'm not really here. I'm (laughs) hiding behind this pine tree. (laughs) (laughs) Right. According to Guffy legend and lore, this whole town of zero to 10 is run by one man named Bill. But Bill probably doesn't want anyone to know about that. <laughs> yeah. Obviously kept it secret. <laughs> yes. Bill even sounds like a wildly suspicious name itself. But I don't want any trouble, so I won't say much more. This mountain town is a small place, but it seems pleasant enough. I would need a grocery store, a gas station, and coffee shop before I could actually move here, though. Well, they do actually have a bar slash restaurant Mm. and a yoga studio. So that's something. And let's be honest, we're not actually considering Guffy, Colorado as a potential home for us. No. This is part of our Colorado reunion tour where we're meeting up with all our old friends and family and using our flexibility to go where they live, no matter (laughs) where. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Yeah, uh, rare. I, I've never been up to Guffy, but yeah, rare I make it to the deep mountains. Yeah. Guffy is a perfect example of a tiny mountain town. Luckily, we know a couple of locals who can drive us around because it really seems like Luna's not rated for this washboard dirt road. No, oh no, not at all. Our <laughs> poor little city car is like, where have you taken me? First yes. Durango, which was all rugged and rough, but nothing compared to this. These last two miles into our destination, after quite a long drive, were the hardest. I don't know if it was because we were just tired or because these dirt roads are truly treacherous. But what I do know, what? (laughs) No, we have no clearance. That's (laughs) We have no clearance. Yeah. But what I do know is it took us about 20 minutes to drive those 
two miles and then we both got to the end of that property and we were like, oh my gosh, the driveway itself was another at least half <laughs> mile of rugged mountain road. Yeah. So <laughs> we get to the house and we're, we're not to the house. We get to the property and we still have a journey left. You yeah. can't even see the house. You're like, wait, is there a house in those trees up there? <laughs> uh, but, you know, we made it to our destination slowly but surely. And we were welcomed by our awesome hosts, Mountain Man and Cowgirl. The Cowgirl owns the ranch. And it has horses and goats and ducks and chickens and dogs. <laughs> wild. Yeah. So from one animal wild place to another. Oh, yeah. We're ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> we're prepared. Come on. <laughs> we know how to watch you work. <laughs> <laughs> Together, they actually managed to hold this place down all year. It's really amazing. I couldn't do it. That's for sure. Yeah. This place is on over 60 acres of private land which is a lot of acres. Mm. I didn't realize how big 60 acres was until we arrived and took a tour of the property. And it took us like, I don't know, was that like a one plus hour walk to yeah. like do a little circle around the property? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And it has cool. 360 views of the mountain ranges, including a beautiful view of Pikes Peak. Yes, the real Pikes Peak. Not getting it wrong this time. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I gotta say this, this place is so immense. It makes that hobby farm that we just left look a little bit quaint. But, you know, I'm excited to continue our trend of watching ranchers work while we sit on our butts and enjoy the beautiful scenery. <laughs> <laughs> Developing a special skill in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are fortunate enough to get the choice of accommodations here. We can stay in the host house up the hill, kind of in the trees, or we can stay in Mountain Man's RV, The Freelander by Coachman. Now, this is our chance to actually live in an RV (laughs) instead of just watching YouTube videos about it. Yes. I actually am doing a video tour of our RV, so that'll Mm -hmm. be going out in this week's newsletter. Um, My question is, will we regret all the judgments we made about van life earlier this season? (laughs) Uh, Will the toilet being a foot away from the kitchen be as disturbing as I imagined? (laughs) (laughs) And will this space be too tiny for words? Let's find out. It's happening. RV life. This RV has a toilet with running water. We're actually getting an easy introduction to RV life because this one is hooked up to water and power. So we're living the good life. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, thank you to one of our amazing hosts, Mountain Man, we didn't have to empty the wastewater cassette at the end of our stay. Bonus. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that cassette is in the toilet for anybody oh. who doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't have to drive Mountain Man's RV either. He had it parked, set up for us with a little patio outside. Mm. And I have to say, even with the slide out walls that compress to make the RV a little skinnier than it is right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd want to drive this beast around much less try to park it. My question though, do we have any practical skills? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no skills required to sleep in an RV. <laughs> nice. I found the RV a bit roomier than I expected with that slide out on the side. It added a lot of space that I could have actually worked in. And it had like a kitchen bench table that totally could have worked for me. 
But the thing that really got me were some incredible views. Holy smokes, sitting at the table, I could see the allure rolling up to like a national forest and just parking an RV and working until the weather got bad or something. Yeah. That is the ideal RV life right there. Just being in nature, in beauty. And we get to do that now because we have the views of the mountains. Mm-hmm. But one of my first impressions when we walked into the RV was that it was actually bigger than the Flagstaff one-bedroom Airbnb that we rented. <laughs> <laughs> bigger, more functional. That was sad. <laughs> yes. I was like, wait a minute. We did a like tiny studio. We can definitely do RV life. Yeah. Right? Comparing those two, we definitely could have yeah. done RV. <laughs> yeah. I was actually more than a little impressed with the bathroom. It mm-hmm. smelled clean. It had plenty of privacy, a closing door. And I think it helped that we weren't actually cooking in the RV, so I didn't actually have to mingle the kitchen RV concept. True. We could have cooked in the RV, but all we did was brew coffee down there and then go up to the main house yeah. to eat all of our meals. So. Win-win. Right. But even when there was an event in the RV bathroom. <laughs> an event. <laughs> I'm picturing we a rave or a concert or something. Yes. This is a more somber, serious event. <laughs> Funeral. <laughs> All right. Maybe less somber and just more serious. <laughs> so when people went to drop the children off at school. <laughs> okay. Okay. Too far. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All I got to say is actually when we used it, it didn't smell bad. So that worked out. But having that door, I think, was key. Yes. Now, there was a shower. We didn't use it during our stay, but it looked really good, like functional with door and everything. And the bed was comfortable. It was like big enough to fit us without our feet hanging off the edges, which was a fear of mine. I don't know why. Because <laughs> <laughs> the monster under the bed. No, That's they- why it's a fear. <laughs> It had really good storage under the bed, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was really, it was a neat design. It was, it surprised me for And an it was RV. a queen size bed. Yes. Like it was a real bed. With a little space on the side. Yeah. So you can get on off both sides. On. Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. We've Too had good. worse on this trip. <laughs> <laughs> we paid for worse on this trip. Yes. We didn't run the heat overnight. And the RV is actually a vehicle with no insulation. So my bald head got really chilly overnight. And that part was more like camping, I got to say. Yeah, you had to wear a stocking cap like those olden days people. (laughs) It was not a stocking (laughs) cap. That was hilarious. You look like you were wearing a stocking cap. You know when you put your yoga cap on and it was like Mm. dangling off like Scrooge. When you said stocking cap, it reminded me of Scrooge from uh, Christmas Carol. I felt bad for Oscar too because he doesn't sleep under a blanket And his little ears were so cold in the mornings. You could tell he had a cold, cold night behind him. We should put one of these on his head. (laughs) (laughs) We should put a stocking on Oscar's head. We should have because his ears were cold. (laughs) Yeah, poor guy. He was like, all right, wake up. I mean, we're Californians. It was really only getting down into the 40s overnight. So honestly, somebody's going to be laughing at us for that. Oh, true. But my favorite part about staying in the RV was waking up in the morning And we started this habit of doing yoga right outside the RV. And one morning I was doing a really, really good practice. It was just intuitive yoga and pulling in a lot of energy. And all of a sudden, all four of the horses 
were like walking towards me. Oh yeah. Slow motion and just staring me down. Like they were very curious about what I was up to. Totally. It was very spiritual. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it's cool. They were staring you down. <laughs> these are big horses are big. That's yeah, they were normal size horses. Which are but big. Are big. They're big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> normal size big horses. Yeah. No, but they were nice. I'd love to rent an RV actually in the future, but I need someone that can do all the work involved to keep it functioning properly. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> are we asking Mountain Man to like? <laughs> right, we'll have to rent him. <laughs> he'll like come in a, another RV and he'll maintain ours so we can enjoy it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll rent two RVs. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying thumbs up for renting an RV and thumbs down for living the RV life permanently. <laughs> I agree. I'm really happy that we had a taste of the RV experience, all of the fun, and none of the work. I'm in. Amen. Cowgirl and Mountain Man would need to join us in the RV if we have to evacuate. That Central High Park fire is looking mighty smoky. Not too far from us either. You know, I have never been this close to a wildfire evacuation zone. And we've lived around fires and massive smoke events for the last decade. I'm just feeling really grateful that the winds are blowing in the right direction because it has been crazy windy. That plume of smoke is enormous. Mm -hmm. It's very intimidating. I keep looking out and going, is it coming closer to us? Because the fire is only seven miles away from us. That's not very far. That's too close for comfort. Mm -hmm. But thanks to the wind direction, we're not getting smoked out or asked to evacuate. Thankfully. And I don't remember if we mentioned it, but we crossed the Continental Divide on this trip. Just in case you don't know, the Continental Divide is the point in our country where all the water either flows to the east or to the west. Durango was green on the west side of the Continental Divide, while Guffey on the east side of the divide is so brown, super dry, just looks ready to flame up at the smallest spark. And it just amazes me how different parts of Colorado can be. Yeah. I mean, they're speculating and we have no information, so I have no idea if this is true, but that this fire that we're living near right now was caused by someone flicking a cigarette out their window. Mm. I mean, that's how dry it is up here. Just one spark and you have acreage, just toast. Right. But don't pollute. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's another marketing campaign about fire. There's that Smokey the bear. Yeah. Yeah. So during our short four-hour drive, we went from the Colorado spring of my dreams to a crispy brown version of Colorado, which is totally not as fun. And one aspect of being a digital nomad that I'm really loving is being able to pack up and go, or at least have the capability of being able to pack up and go at a moment's notice if we have to. I hope we don't have to, though, but that does bring me some comfort. Well, if we evacuate, I'm going to make sure we pass all the firefighters up the road. That seems like the safe way to go, in my opinion. With all these fires that we've been through, I've never actually seen where they coordinate to fight a fire like this. Yeah, that was really something. I'm such a huge fan of firefighters because they seem like superheroes to me, like the main kind of superheroes we have on the real planet Earth that we live on. Mm. And those incident command centers that we were passing by, because they're really close to us, they're so impressively coordinated. There's hundreds of people coordinating on this effort. Yeah. 
uh, multiple campgrounds with a bunch of tents where the firefighters and staff are sleeping. That was cool. And while we were passing by one day, we were thinking about picking up food for the firefighters. Remember this? Yeah, that's so neat. And we were like, oh yeah, we should bring them like, I don't know, drinks and snacks. Bottled water and yeah. yeah. And then literally as we're having this thought, mm-hmm. three giant catering trucks pass by us and pulled into the incident command center. So Yeah, they're like the opposite direction. Like, whoa, this is a country <laughs> road, right? It's a highway, but it's still a country road that's like yeah. not that trafficked by semis. That was cool. So they got a big delivery of food. We ended up not worrying about the water. I I think uh you know, monetary donation is probably enough at this point. Yeah, right. You, sometimes you can overload people <laughs> with yeah. goodwill. Now, it is a brave job to have. They're actually uh, going into dangerous places to save others. One time I had to call the Fort Collins Fire Department. There was smoke pouring out of our rental unit's heat vent. Oh, crazy Yikes. stuff. Yeah. Having those firefighters around to put out the smoke and answer the questions that I had, like, can I sleep here tonight safely, was a real big relief. And after that incident, I donate to firefighters in public way more than I used to. Yeah, I've had a lot of cool moments with firefighters saving things, so Mm. (laughs) big fan. Nice. Uh, But back in Guffey, we were actually driving to the nearest town of Woodland Park for our groceries. You know, it was only 45 minutes away to get groceries, an hour and a half round trip. No big deal. But as we were heading out on this big errand, I saw this column of smoke coming up on the road ahead. And at first I was like, hmm, maybe it's just exhaust coming off of a big diesel truck. But then we came around the bend on the road and there it was. A dark gray pillar of smoke was coming out of the trees about 100 yards off the road. and we tried to call it in, mm-hmm. but of course we're in the boonies. It was a dead zone. We had no cell service. So frustrating to watch like a fire starting with no way to report it. Yep. So we ended up taking note of the mile marker and the location and driving another several miles before we found some service, pulled over, dialed 911. My heart was pounding. Yeah, They were like, where is this fire? And we had to be like, okay, mile marker eight, you know, X highway, mm-hmm. about a hundred yards to, you know, the Southwest or whatever. <sighs> the dispatcher took our report very, very seriously. And, you know, we waited until we were on the road back home to see what happened. And by the time we got back, which was probably a good three hours later, yeah, everything was gone. No smoke. No firefighters, no nothing. So maybe we prevented a wildfire that day. I don't know. Right. And it takes quick action by community to get the stuff done. Now, fire isn't the only weather in Colorado, even though it seems like it. (laughs) (laughs) We picked late spring to visit the Rocky Mountains, and there's a report of snow in the forecast. Snow? No. (laughs) No. I already vacuum sealed my winter jacket from Barstow. Sure enough, I'm watching as the forecast has gone from, oh, maybe there will be some snow rain mix to winter is coming. Right. (laughs) And winter did come. We woke up one morning to two feet of the white stuff. So much. Quelle surprise. We couldn't even see 
our car. (laughs) (laughs) It was buried. Yeah, after living in Colorado for so long, I'm not shocked, but I'm still very shocked to see snow in late spring. (laughs) Yes. Just shows you can expect anything living in the mountains. Colorado weather patterns are top on my list of reasons why I can't live here anymore. Luckily, we get to see and feel the snow for the first time in eons. Well, I thought the little flurry we encountered in Flagstaff was enough snow for me, like for the next (laughs) 10 years. But with the fires raging, this giant winter storm is a welcome reprieve. And, you know, this drought-stricken state really needs the water right now. Mm. So even though I don't like the snow... I guess we'll count this one as a blessing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Luna's hopelessly buried, we have no snow boots. Yep. I'm not sure my coat is rated for this. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Mine isn't. And there's no way we're getting out of this place before the snow melts. So hurry up and melt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as our trip comes to a close and we watch the snow fall and melt, then fall again. (laughs) Yep. True. I'm happy we picked up winter coats at all for this trip. But when we planned the trip, I really thought I would get to wear my shorts way more than I have. Yeah, about that. I have a suitcase full of summer clothes that I haven't even seen the sunlight yet. (laughs) (laughs) This is the perfect segue into our brand new segment, What We've Learned on This Trip. Okay, I'm kidding. It's the only time we're going to do this segment. (laughs) (laughs) You like game show music. Let's answer the first question. What have you learned about possessions? Well, I wish I hadn't brought some of these things over 2,000 miles. (laughs) (laughs) Like all my electronic cords and adapters. Definitely didn't need all those for this trip. I kind of seem to overpack. Kind of. A couple of those adapters have come in handy, but you sure didn't need a full Tupperware box of all the IT supplies you could find. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Similarly, though, I overpacked too. I wish I hadn't brought so many art supplies and journals. Unfortunately, I've learned that I really need a dedicated art space to work because I like to have my stuff out all the time. It reminds me to go in there and like work on a project. But this lifestyle, I have to pack everything up every mm-hmm. few weeks. And usually there's not a great space for me to spread out. So not using the art stuff. I could see that. My battle with things in the capital T-H-I-N-G-S is very real. Yeah. I feel like I buy items as uh, maybe protection against something that hasn't happened. Now, yes, we do need things like first aid. But I don't need most things like buying extra bars of soap because they're on sale or deodorant. It's like I could actually wait to run out of that stuff before I repurchase it. (laughs) Yeah, true. I mean, when we left, we packed a whole bunch of bathroom supplies because I didn't want to throw them away. Mm. And we've gone through them. But it's like really hard not to buy backups. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just be happy with what you have and what you need today. And there's no way we could have anticipated that we should have packed some things like snow boots, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad we didn't pack snow boots because four days of snow wouldn't have been worth the space of hauling snow boots across the country. <laughs> no. But ultimately, I think at the end of the day, if I were to do this journey again, I would bring a lot less stuff, a lot fewer pieces of clothing and 
other items and I would have just purchased things as they became needed one by one, which reminds me, maybe we should have purchased an carrot peeler, a carrot peeler by now. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> weirdly, even in the most stocked kitchens that we've been in, that is the one thing that a lot of the Airbnbs are missing or they have a really janky one that makes you frustrated. I'd say <laughs> if they're not missing it, they have a janky one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until this last hop that we actually ran into an awesome peeler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the peeler they have here is actually really good. It's been very unappealing. Ooh. <laughs> well, on that <laughs> note, I can see we have some things in common about maybe letting things uh, run out before we repurchase. That's funny. But I would like to move on to what we've learned about our travel style. We declared that we were road trippers and not jet setters or van lifers. Naomi, would you say that's true? You know, this one is a big surprise to me because traditionally my whole life I've hated road trips. We hardly took any road trips for most of the time we've known each other. Mm -mm. Yeah, true. And I've done most of my travel by plane. The pandemic actually changed some of those preferences for me because Mm -hmm. air travel was unsafe and we started road tripping for any of the trips we were taking during, you know, those 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I'm like, oh, I actually enjoy road tripping because you don't have to go through TSA. You don't have to wear a mask for hours on a plane, although I don't think you have to do that anymore, but I wish I wish we did. And you can get up and stretch our legs pretty much anytime we want. I used to love road trips as a young adult. I found I could see more of the world when I traveled slower, and I actually saw much of the country by bus uh, between high school and college. So it was way cooler stories from those trips as opposed to flying in an airplane, it's like super fast. I thought I'd be an author when I was younger. So I came up with this story called Journey of a Jedi. And it was about a bunch of college couples going on a road trip and having car issues. It sounded like a fun idea when I was high in college. (laughs) Yes. Why is this not published masterpiece? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like two pages of bad notes. Oh, okay. Jedi. So what have we learned about work and working on the road? I'm lucky to have a remote first job. Yes, you are. It's also about having good Wi-Fi because when we had no Wi-Fi, we had no working. <laughs> no. And we need enough space to crunch away on a laptop. Um, we've done this in the studio, in an RV now, and even in our car as we were waiting for our car to charge at a station. I've been on a pretty big work exploration over the course of this home journey, though. And I think a really big learning for me is just now crystallizing. And that's, you know, I really would have loved to live a 100% creative life. Spend all my time writing novels, creating podcasts, building pretty websites and other things. But I'm starting to miss some of the aspects of my old work life, like having a team and working on larger scale projects. And I'm also kind of missing the stability of working for somebody else. So not going to lie, I'm trying to figure out how to balance the two sides of my work dreams now, creativity and stability. Yeah, it's a life learning kind of thing going on for sure. Yep. And I'm learning that nomads like us have real challenges with prescription medicines and annual checkups. 
Now, let me ask you our next question. What do you think you've learned about yourself from this journey? About myself? Hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure that I have a fully formed learning yet because aren't we always learning about ourselves? But one thing that comes to mind is I think I can be generally happy living just about anywhere. And that really came true in Flagstaff for me because I never expected to be in Flagstaff. Our Airbnb situation was tough. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, even though this isn't ideal, I'm, I'm okay, right? On the flip side, I'm also discovering that different places do have different energies and they affect me differently. So... I'm responding to some places with a little bit more excitement and pep than others. Great example. That was Pismo Beach. Super fun to be there, like enjoyable. Um, But I think what I'm really looking for is a combination of being intellectually stimulated by the area, like having a lot of people to meet, things to do, interesting things to see and take in. And the other thing I really need is having plenty of sunshine and natural beauty. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that about the energy and the places. I wonder yeah. if there's some kind of astrology that can be done on places and energy. Ooh, oh. that's interesting. We'll have to look into that inquiry. Keep it in mind. <laughs> now, this is a good question I ask myself, and how would I answer it? Well, it's so busy right now. I definitely agree that I'm losing touch with my daily processes. Like I need a lot more stability to kind of keep up these daily routines. And the biggest struggle is just the changing environment, constantly having to vibe or find the right place to meditate and stuff so i'd say moving around a lot is definitely disrupting my daily practice yeah <laughs> so yeah learning that i i need that kind of more stability to really deepen the the daily practice the the minutia <laughs> interesting that a desire for a little more stability has come up for both of us on oh. mine was work yours is in your living environment well you know, that's okay. And also, I need to say, we've been together a long time. You and I, 15 years together this year. What? Nice. Love it. Um, love but you. I, oh, <laughs> PDA makes Woo. me feel weird, but I love you too. Nice. Um, but I'm really proud of how well you've done on this trip because I know you're a person who likes your routines and you've held it better than I expected, honestly. Oh, thank you. You know, that's what 23 years of parenting does to you. <laughs> <laughs> makes you routine focused or makes you strong in the face of adversity or both. Gets you up early <laughs> every day. <laughs> that's it for us. 11 days in Guffy, including a one night snow delay and we're out. On to Fraser, Colorado, a.k.a. Winter Park Ski Town. But hopefully our snow days are over and the party is getting started. I'm looking forward to Wi-Fi access and seeing more of our Colorado friends. Stay tuned. That's next time. Woohoo! If you like us and want to hear more, please rate and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Bonus points if you tell two friends. You know how these things start. One friend tells another friend about us. And, and they, they tell, tell two friends, friends and, and they, they tell, tell their friends, and, and so on, and, and so on. And now, a campfire story.
The moon has kept a watchful eye over our nomadic journey as we hop from place to place in our little silver spaceship named Luna. November 2021, under the influence of a lunar eclipse, we shed ourselves of most of our belongings and packed our car for the journey of a lifetime. The very next month, we arrived at our first hop in Imperial Beach on a new moon. The lunar tides pulled the ocean behind our house far from the shore, only to push them back in, so they splashed over the rock wall and into our door. Our first morning in Point Loma, San Diego, we marveled at the slough. A king tide had caused the water to rush into the reeds while the birds preened with joy over the bounty. In Pismo Beach, the new moon revealed the mollusks and sea anemones clinging to the wet rocks waiting for the tide's return. When we arrived in Flagstaff, Arizona, the full moon shone brightly through the skylight, reminding us of the vastness of the universe and keeping our perspectives in check. The coyotes went wild, yipping and keening in Santa Fe, New Mexico, as the giant face of the orange moon crested over the mountainous horizon. And when we arrived in Durango, Colorado, on the night of a new moon, several miles away from the city and its light pollution, the night sky had never looked more surreal. The points of the stars expanded in size from spilled salt to round white pearls. During our first days here in Guffey, Colorado, camped outside in the RV, the full moon cloaked herself in the shadow of the earth as the lunar eclipse unfolded and bookended our travels. The face of the moon took on the awe-striking red glow of every sunrise and sunset refracted through the earth's atmosphere all at once. The moon is our guide on this journey, and we know that we'll find our way home under her silver light.